0: I'm Tom, and I'm a criminal defense attorney. And I'm Chris, and I'm a true crime fan. And this is Room for Innocence.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. Tom and I are having so much fun, aren't we, Tom?
0: Oh my God. Yeah, it's great. I love it.
1: We have a lot of new listeners and new subscribers. And so for anyone who has not listened to the show before, I wanted to give you kind of a brief overview of what we're all about. So on Room for Innocence, I, I'm Chris, and I am a, I guess you would just call me a true crime fan. I don't have a job or any special training or expertise in anything criminal. But you've got your semester of law school, right? I, two. two uh, hey, yeah, I went to a right. year of law school. I went wow. to one year of law school and hated it and left. My brother went to law school, my brother Tom. I hated
0: it, but I graduated. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And he finished and he's actually a lawyer. He's a criminal defense lawyer. So we get together to talk about, essentially our model is we talk about cases that are interesting to me. And I get Tom's perspective on what the criminal defense is doing, thinking, uh, what their strategy is, and more importantly, why it's so critical for every defendant, no matter how awful their crimes to have a good defense. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's
0: such a huge thing. And, um, it's gotta happen because if, if everybody does not receive a zealous defense, we're all in danger because there are people, there are innocent people who are accused of crimes and there's people who are overcharged who did the crime. And there's a whole bunch of different avenues that, you know, we need to attack as criminal defense attorneys
1: yeah, and you have to thank you. And you have to attack, you have to continuously attack the system in order to establish the case law around what is acceptable and what can be appealed and all of that. So exactly. so we so we talk about these cases and how important it is that we have a good criminal defense in all of these cases. I mean, murderers and sex offenders and and all of this, it's equally important in all of those cases that the defense attorney provide a zealous defense.
0: It is. Let me throw this one last thing in there. So um, back when the country was being founded um, and you had the, 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 the revolutionaries against the, the, um, the British, um, you know, Paul Revere and uh, John Adams and all those uh, founders of the country, if you will. And then there's the Boston Massacre. And if you don't know what that is, just look it up. But basically what happened is uh, I believe it was four armed British soldiers opened fire on unarmed citizens, and some of them were killed. One was a, um, a guy named Crispus Attucks, and it's a famous um, portrait or drawing that was done uh, um, of that. It was actually done by Paul Revere, showing Crispus Attucks holding his heart where he'd been shot and killed. And the British soldiers were held accountable for that, and they had to go to trial as defendants. And the person who represented them was John Adams, who wound up being one of the presidents of the United States of America. And he was asked, you know, how can you defend these guys? They're on the other side. And his answer was, I don't know the exact quote, but his answer was everybody deserves a solid defense. And and, and, and if it's you know, that's if it's good enough for John Adams, it's good enough for me. So,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: All right, let's get to it. What's up?
1: All right. So we are starting a new series today that for now we're going to call On the Docket. So in the court system, that means that this is what's on the court schedule for the day right? Yes. on the docket. Yep. Uh-huh. So we're going to call this On the Docket. And in the On the Docket series, we will talk about cases that are currently in the system. OK. The first one that we're going to talk about is has been highly highly recommended by our listeners in terms of which case they're most interested in and it is the Daybell case out of Idaho. Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband Chad Daybell. Uh Tom, I'm going to assume that you do not know anything about this case, am I correct?
0: You're correct. A, a little bit about me is I don't I don't really follow current events. I am knee deep in work all the time, it's, you know. So I don't know the current bands. I don't know a lot of the the things that are happening. I know what's going on in Florida. I know what's going on in Duval County, Jacksonville, where I practice. So Chris, I, I love a lot of this. Yeah, new information, I'm the true crime fan uh, that you give me is very. Tom
1: interesting. is the actual cr- criminal attorney. That has actual cases to work on and can't spend hours reading about something that is not relevant. (laughs) First, uh, sources. So most of what I will share today comes from eastidahonews.com, which has amazing coverage of this case, most of which is by a reporter named Nate Eaton. And he also spoke about this case at CrimeCon in Vegas earlier this year. I was at CrimeCon. I had an opportunity to hear Nate Eaton speak in a session called Where Are the Children? Uh, that was where I, I think that is where I first heard about this case or I possibly had heard about it just prior to this. Okay. Lori Vallow married Chad Daybell On November 5th, 2019, the couple married in Hawaii, but lived in Idaho. Two of Lori's children lived with her, a 16-year-old girl named Tylee and a seven-year-old boy, JJ. Tylee is Lori's daughter from a previous marriage, and JJ is her grandnephew who she adopted.
0: How old are Lori and Chad?
1: Lori, I think, is about 46. Ish And Chad might be a few years older. Um, I don't have, I don't have their ages here, but they're late forties slash early fifties. Lori has an older child from a previous marriage and Chad has a bunch of children from a previous marriage.
0: All right. So they're going to get it right this time.
1: They're going to get it right. So they married on November 5th, 2019. Later that month, on November 26th, a welfare check was requested on Lori's son, JJ. JJ's grandmother, Kay, reported that no one had seen or heard from JJ since September, and she had been trying desperately to reach him with no success. When the police went to the house to check on JJ, Lori and Chad said that JJ was in Arizona with a family friend. Ooh, Police called that friend and the friend said JJ was not with her and she had not seen him in several months. Furthermore, the friend uh, called police back a few days later to tell them that Lori and Chad had asked her to lie about JJ's whereabouts. Oh, wow. While looking into this, police learned that Lori's 17-year-old daughter, Tylee, is also missing. Oh okay. The grandparents had been trying so hard to get in touch with JJ. They and Lori and Lori's brother Alex had just been putting them off and lying to them about where he was, but she would say I want to talk to him, I want to see him and that wasn't happening. And so yeah, the grandparents are um really really concerned about his well-being
0: oh my god i can't even imagine so
1: when the police find out that jj is not with the friend that laurie and chad said he was with they get a search warrant on their home so the day after the welfare check november 27th police execute a search warrant on the home and discover that laurie and chad are gone There is no sign of the children. Police are able to pinpoint the last known sighting of each child. Tylee had last been seen on September 8th, 2019 in Yellowstone National Park. And JJ had last been seen on September 23rd, 2019 at his elementary school. On December 1st, a few days after this search warrant, Lori and Chad fly to Kauai, Hawaii without the children. So clearly Lori and Chad do not have these children. Right. They're being evasive about where JJ is. They're li- not being evasive. They're lying about where he is. They're asking people to lie on their behalf.
0: Oh, that's bad. It, it just looks real, so bad.
1: Real bad. Um, but still... You know, police don't know what has happened to these children. They just know that nobody knows where they are. And Lori and Chad are lying about knowing where they are. So that's
0: that's, that's, bad, bad. Okay, go on.
1: As police continue to investigate the daybells and the whereabouts of their children, police learn that Chad's wife, Tammy, had died the previous month under suspicious circumstances.
0: Okay. Do we now know? you might
1: be saying to yourself, Chad's wife Tammy, I thought Lori was Chad's wife, that they but got there, married on November yeah.
0: 5th. Is there a thought bubble above my picture? Because that's literally what I you,
1: you you since this is not a visual medium, Tom sort of grabbed his chin with his <laughs> with his hand and yeah. furrowed his brow like didn't you tell me a few yes. minutes ago that, that Chad had a wife named Lori? <clears throat> yes, continue continuing on. Chad and Tammy had been married for 29 years. On October 19th, that is 17 days prior to Chad and Lori's wedding. Okay. Chad's wife, Tammy was found dead in her home.
0: Oh, well, it happens.
1: It's 17 days before you get married
0: I to mean, someone it's else? Not an ideal, you know, set of...
1: Timeline? Uh, not, not an ideal timeline, exactly, yes. That's bad. Okay, yeah. on, okay. October, exactly. yeah. on October 19th, Tammy was found dead in her home and it appeared to be due to natural causes. Oh. Now, the way things work, where where they are from in Idaho is that an autopsy is not automatically performed. Hmm. So Chad declined an autopsy. He did not request an autopsy. And not you count- be
0: curious? I mean, well, you know, maybe if it was totally legitimate and maybe there's some spiritual reason that he has, he doesn't want her to be dissected or whatnot. People think some weird things. The death of somebody can be upsetting. However, the attorney in me wants to say, that's kind of fishy and wouldn't you want to know how she died?
1: Under what circumstances would you not want to know how she died?
0: I don't know. Maybe if they take your organs, you don't go to the spirit world or something. Sorry, sorry.
1: Religious things aside, why would you not?
0: You're hiding evidence
1: because you know how she died. Because you know how she died. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
0: we don't need the autopsy. I I mean, (laughs) you know, I know how she. I know how she died. I got it.
1: Um, These folks do have some. Oh, God, I try so hard not to use judgmental language on this show. They're very religious. Okay. All right. The word cult has been used.
0: That's super religious. That's, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Chad declined the autopsy, and the county coroner honored his request. 17 days after Tammy died, Lori and Chad were married. When authorities review this in light of the missing children, they order Tammy's body exhumed. It is exhumed on December 11th and autopsied. And it takes a a long time for the autopsy results. So are these just your
0: Idaho authorities? Is it a special like statewide? Um, I wonder who who exactly it is that ordered it. Because... I would think you would autopsy everybody. Let's find out. I think it's
1: local authorities. Okay. At this point. As if the story couldn't get any weirder. Mm -hmm. No, it will. It turns out that Tammy is not the only suspicious death surrounding Lori and Chad Daybell.
0: Okay.
1: In the last 18 months, two of Lori's four ex-husbands have died.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that's you know there's coincidences, and and you know a lot of times, yeah, that's that's just a a, that that needs to be looked into, definitely.
1: Her third husband, Joseph Ryan, is the biological father of Tylee, the girl who's missing, the seventeen-year-old girl. Now this goes back a bit, but in 2007, Joseph Ryan had been attacked with a taser by Lori's brother, Alex, who threatened to kill him.
0: No, we we know, But why? Why? Maybe he had a reason to.
1: Maybe he did. Alex served 90 days in jail for this attack. When Joseph was attacked, he was already her ex-husband, and she was already married to her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, whom she had married the year before.
0: Who the fuck gets married four times? Once was enough for me.
1: I mean, Chad Daybell's her fifth husband. So, oh, God. Okay. In June of 2018, Joseph Ryan died of a heart attack. This doesn't really seem interesting, considering it was 11 years after Alex had attacked him, but his actual death falls in this period where a lot of strange shit was happening. Right. In February 2019, Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, filed for divorce, claiming that Lori had threatened to murder him.
0: Yeah, bye.
1: And he filed a restraining order against her. He withdrew the divorce petition a month later, saying he was going to try to make the marriage work.
0: I mean, you know, okay. I mean, I'm going to, you know, people say stuff in the heat of passion that they don't mean, like, I'm going to kill you.
1: There is actually, some i mean the more you dig into this case the just stranger and deeper it goes but there is some footage of charles vallow talking to police about lori um around that time early in 2019 saying that he was afraid for his family he was afraid for his children he was afraid of her And that also that he was very concerned for her. He thought she was having mental health problems and he was very, you know, he was very worried, but he was also afraid.
0: That is scary. I mean, that can be very scary. The, 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 the unhinged are the ones that can be, I mean, I don't want to make a mental health stigma. I'm not trying to say that, but when somebody couples something like that with violence, you've there's, there's no way to sort of have any sort of logical, you know, you don't feel safe because you know you're dealing with somebody who's not thinking on the on the same level,
1: right? And you're married to them, and you're sharing a household with them, and you don't know at what moment they're going to have a mm, what do you an episode?
0: Yeah, and you know, some men might be thinking, oh, "I'm not afraid of a woman." Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, like you know, you're going to go toe to toe with them with boxing gloves and a ring, and it, you might be you might do okay, but man, like you go to sleep, bro, like anything can happen. Exactly. Just, or just whatever. They grab a gun and they shoot you.
1: Charles had reason to be concerned. In July of 2019, Charles was shot and killed by Lori's brother, Alex, the same brother who had attacked her ex-husband, Joseph. Alex claimed self-defense, saying that Charles had attacked him with a bat when he confronted Charles for mistreating his sister. Police accepted the story of self-defense and no charges were filed.
0: If there's no other witnesses, I don't think you really have much of a choice. You, know, um, you could certainly take something like that to trial and you have uncontroverted uh, evidence that it was self-defense and you're, you're going to win. In October of
1: 2019... So just to put you in the timeline here, this is after Lori's children were last seen, but before she married Chad, okay? In October of 2019, Lori rented a 10 by 10 storage unit in Idaho in which she abandoned a bunch of her kids' belongings. Surveillance video shows her visiting the unit with her brother, Alex, and there is also footage of Alex visiting the unit by himself.
0: Okay, Is that bad yet? Do we think that's bad? Not yet. Right.
1: In December 2019, Alex, the brother who had attacked Joseph in 2007 and had killed Charles in 2019, died suddenly of a blood clot in December 2019.
0: And that's shortly after they were married, right?
1: This is the her brother Alex.
0: Right, but but this is shortly after Lori and Chad got married? Correct. Okay.
1: Yep. And after the police know that the children are missing.
0: Right. Okay. Well, the question that's jumping into my mind is does he know something about it? And she's just like, hey, you know, two can keep a secret if one is dead. <laughs>
1: I mean it looks that way to me. Oh. And there's this storage unit. So are the children in the unit? Right. Yeah. I was thinking You know, I mean, like why are they potatoes. visiting it? I mean repeatedly. Did you just say potatoes?
0: It's Idaho, right? I've been waiting for a chance <laughs> to throw that in there somehow. I love potatoes. Where are you gonna keep your potatoes?
1: Yeah, you- maybe that's what they needed the storage unit
0: oh, for. Oh god.
1: Okay. So he died of a blood clot. He was autopsied, and the report says he died of natural causes. Specifically, Alex's official cause of death is listed as bilateral pulmonary thromboemboli, and the contributing cause of death is listed as atherosclerotic and hypertensive cardiovascular disease, which is caused by high blood pressure.
0: Most of that just sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher to me, you know, you
1: didn't
0: understand that. So maybe you said this.
1: Thromboemboli.
0: No, I'm sorry. I I, I misunderstood you. Yes, of course. (laughs) Thromboemboli. I Googled
1: it and that's a blood clot.
0: (sighs) Maybe you said this before and I just, and I missed it because there's been a lot of information coming around here, but what does she do for a living? Is she a doctor? Or, you know, like, I wonder, like, if we. Oh,
1: I'm not. No. Mm -mm. Okay. I don't think so. Not that I know of. You'd
0: have to be pretty savvy to. Or. Or to
1: kill a bunch of people and have it look like. Yes. Blood clots. Yeah, absolutely. You can say that you can just come out and say it. We're You'd just ha- a podcast.
0: You have to be pretty savvy to do. We're not
1: that. Fox news,
0: right? Well, we're better than Fox news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So in summary, if you're having trouble keeping up, cause there's a lot happening here. Lori's brother, Alex attempted to kill her third husband, Joe years later, Joe died of a heart attack. Alex then killed Lori's fourth husband, Charles, apparently in self-defense in the midst of this. Chad's wife, Tammy, dies in her sleep. Chad and Lori get married. Their kids go missing. And then Alex dies of a blood clot. How do you manage this clusterfuck as her attorney?
0: Oh, my God. Um, holy shit. Like, well, first of all, how much of that is actually going to be admissible in a trial? Because you can't just bring things up to try to make somebody look bad. And you can't, you know, it's difficult to use character evidence. And you can't try them. You can't bring up evidence of other wrongs, crimes, or acts that would prejudice the jury unless you can establish that there is some sort of like particular modus operandi. Um, that's like if all of them died because. the same way, right? Let's just say everybody died the same way and there's a clear pattern. And then this, the, she's on trial for someone else who died in that similar fashion. You might be able to bring in the other ones and go, look, this is how she does it. Um, but it can be difficult. I would, I would start by arguing right away. You can't bring that, those things t- t- to the jury because it's going to prejudice the jury. It's more prejudicial than it is probative as, you know, regarding what happens.
1: So it is now 2020. Okay. Okay. The welfare check was done in 2019. Uh
0: huh.
1: Lori and Chad went to Hawaii. Alex dies at the end of December 2019. On January 25th in Hawaii, the Kauai Police Department served Lori with a notice from Idaho. So they serve her with a notice on behalf of. An organization in Idaho stating, "God, my fucking throat."
0: throat) Have a Ricolo.
1: Ricolo.
0: They they owe us a thousand dollars now.
1: On January 25th, the Kauai Police Department served Lori with a notice from Idaho stating that she must produce JJ and Tylee to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare or the Rexburg police department within 5 days. Okay. And if she does not produce them within 5 days, she will be held in contempt of court. That was January 25th. January 30th came and went. No children.
0: Well, I mean, unless you're just like one of these fuck the police uh but, you know, still, that doesn't look good. That raises some concerns. <laughs>
1: sure doesn't i mean it looks like they don't know where their children are or the children cannot be produced
0: or you would at least have an attorney jump in and be like hey saying some lawyer stuff
1: they do they have an attorney saying lawyer stuff
0: okay thank god
1: yeah (laughs) um at this point now that they have failed to produce the children under a court order now they can actually be charged with something on february 20th police in Kauai arrest Lori on a five million dollar warrant out of madison county idaho and she is finally charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children Plus a few other charges, including the contempt of court for ignoring the court order to produce the children.
0: Five million dollars. Five million
1: dollars is, is
0: a lot for those charges. I mean, clearly the concern here is the elephant in the room is that we think you killed your kid. Because five million dollars is ridiculous for 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 a charge like that, you know. But they can't yeah. charge her with murder yet. But let's face it, they think that's what's happening. And they know once the bomb drops, this lady is going to hit it and go. So they don't want her going anywhere. That's a lot of money. Like, honestly, like murderers don't have bonds like that. But they also, a bond is also based on, you know, they want to keep you in place. So like, did we talk about how much money these people have? Like, maybe they were like, we can't do a million because they'll just throw a hundred grand down and walk away.
1: We have not talked about it, but I'll say that I think Chad got about a half million dollars when his wife died.
0: That's enough to post a $5 million bond.
1: On March 5th, Lori was extradited to Idaho. One of Vallo's attorneys, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to call her Daybell. One of Daybell's attorneys, Edwina Elcox, argues that bail should be reduced from $5 million to $10,000.
0: Bullshit.
1: And I thought she made a pretty good argument. And here we go to exactly what you just said. She pointed out that the $5 million bail was extreme considering the charges of desertion and non-support of dependent children. At this time, there was no hard evidence that the children had been harmed. And she said $1 million bail would be high, even for a charge of a violent crime like murder.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's literally what I just said. She has a very good point. Like, I mean,
1: <laughs> she has, I thought you were going to say she has a very good attorney. <laughs> yeah, Well,
0: she does. Her attorney did a great job with that. I'm impressed.
1: So she says bail should be $10,000. I'm assuming that's based on some...
0: That's probably high in Idaho, but I'll tell you what, here in Duval County, I mean, they'll give, you get a $10,000 bail for jaywalking.
1: Oh, 10,000 is nothing. I'm just thinking that maybe that's what those charges typically get, that that might, like, where did she come up with that number?
0: A lot of places have what's called a bond schedule. It's literally a, you can look at it and it says this charge gets this, this charge gets this, this charge gets this. So it might be very, it might just be a standard Charge clearly, they think that she killed her five if they're doing a five million dollar, you know, bail. But then again, that's a slippery slope too, because you can't just start throwing crazy bonds at people or um, if, because you think they might have done something, but you really don't have any evidence. I mean, it seems like the right thing to do in, in certain cases like this, but the problem, and this is why we're here, and this is one of the reasons I like to do what I do. Is because then you have other people who you don't have the evidence, but you just think maybe something happened. So you start throwing these ridiculous bonds. And all of a sudden, everybody's in jail with some ridiculous bond with no evidence saying that you may or may not have done something. So it's very important to make these arguments. So uh, kudos to her, to her attorney for doing that. And a lot of these problems start by people trying to do the right thing. The court's trying to do the right thing. They really think this lady killed the you know the 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 kids probably, but you just it you just can't do that. You you have to make sure things are done right because other people end up suffering later, other other potential defendants, etc. And then pretty soon you just you're living in some sort of you know the government takes over and it just, it, 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 it's it's bad. So good anyway.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly the point that I was going to ask you to make, and and you made it about. You know, you started us off today talking about how you argue these things as an attorney because they apply to future cases. They establish precedent. And for her lawyer to go in and say, this charge is outlandish. I'm sorry, this, this bail is outlandish for the charge of non supportive dependent children. right we think she killed her children but then that goes on the books that somebody got a five million dollar bail for non-supportive dependent children and the next thing you know someone else can say well lori daybell got five million for this and you know so yeah i think it's great um the if you take away all of the previous deaths and the the bizarreness about her behavior the only facts that you have are a woman whose children are missing and she doesn't seem to care yeah the judge magistrate judge baron edens reduced bail to 1 million dollars and lori could not post bond so she remained in jail on April 9th, he did yes.
0: halfway the right thing, I think, you know, and he's probably, if he's like, they are in Florida, whether you're appointed or not, you're fu- You're basically an elected official because even if you're appointed by the governor, you can be voted out by the voters at the next election. So he knew that bail was bullshit and he reduced it as much as he could. Allowing himself to maintain a straight face with the voters and not getting voted out of office. Cause if he reduced mm-hmm. it to $20,000, I guarantee you people would just be coming out of the woods, you know, protesting this guy. And he had end up getting voted out uh, of office in his next election.
1: Yep. And the prosecution made some very good arguments. I did not write them down. So this is from my memory. But I think they said things like she's obviously a flight risk because as soon as the police came to do a welfare check, they took off to Hawaii. So she had shown herself to be a flight risk. And there were a couple of other points. And so I think they made good points for the higher bond.
0: Probably. I mean, multiple families. They've got family members if they're still alive, you know, probably living in various places around the country. They, you know, um, they clearly have Oh, they've they've needs.
1: tried to get people to lie for them.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's all all that stuff's great fodder for yeah. for for the for the state. Yeah.
1: Okay. On April 9th. EastIdahoNews.com com obtained a letter from the Idaho Attorney General stating that Chad and Lori are under investigation for conspiracy, attempted murder, and or murder by the Idaho Attorney General's office in the death of Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife, who had who had died suddenly in October. And that case was transferred from local authorities to the Attorney General's Office of Idaho. Okay. So, in other words, Tammy Daybell is now being investigated as a murder. Yeah. We know they exhumed her body. The results of that autopsy have not been shared publicly, but the attorney general is now on this. On May 1st, Lori asked for a reduction in bail again. Her attorney, Mark Means, argued. the jail recorded a conversation between the two, thus violating her constitutional rights.
0: Yeah, no, that's bad. That's not good. That's you can't do that. Bad, bad. No, you bad. cannot do that. You cannot do that.
1: Judge Michelle Mallard denied the request, keeping bail at $1 million.
0: I mean, I don't um, see what one has to do with the other.
1: Right. Like, but right. you still can't. Her do constitutional that. rights were violated. She yeah. should be let out of jail.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, OK, thanks for thanks for trying. But this apparently did happen and it was chalked up to issues because of new coronavirus protocols. On June 9th, the Rexburg Police Department, the FBI and the Fremont County Sheriff's Office execute a search warrant at Chad's home and the remains of Tylee and JJ are discovered in the backyard of Chad's home. Apparently, once authorities had the search warrant, they found the remains within like an hour.
0: Oh, yeah, they sent the dog out there. Dog found it right away.
1: Um, was, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Joe, I don't Chad, know if there was a dog,
0: but I'm I'm assuming there was a dog. And if there is a dog, they're going to find a dead body. Oh, yeah.
1: Chad was arrested and charged with concealment Distribution or alteration of evidence. Judge Farron Eddins sets bail for Chad at $1 million, the same as Laurie's.
0: How can they prove that he did any of that?
1: To be arrested and charged, they do, what do they need?
0: I mean, I, I don't know. Dead bodies
1: like, on the property is all you need to arrest and charge. Probably, someone, right?
0: definitely. I mean, you probable <laughs> <laughs> probable cause and proof beyond a reasonable doubt totally different things.
1: Right. Because that's all, that's all for trying him. Right. But I'm sure they figure Mm -hmm. they've got lots of time. He's not going to want a speedy trial.
0: I can, I can see why they arrested him for sure. But like when it gets to time to the actual trial, how can you prove this is what happened? And that's something I always make a jury understand because a lot of times the jury. Because they don't think about these things every day. They hardly ever think about them. You know, I, I think about them every day. And I make a jury understand, you know, the pre- presumption of innocence. You know, you are cloaked. You are to assume this person is not merely not guilty, which just means you're not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It means you are innocent. You, are, you have to go into the trial assuming the person did not commit the crime.
1: Well, Chad's charges are just concealment, distribution, or alteration of evidence. So- you know dead bodies found in his backyard seems like plenty of probable cause for concealment
0: sure well we'll learn more about the one million how do we know that how do we know that he didn't come home and Lori was like i planted a flower bed in the backyard he's like oh they're beautiful and but little do you know it's not a
1: flower bed (laughs) (laughs) um and the one million dollar bail again seems really excessive for that charge but is obviously based on the same type of thing of he might try to flee. And he has shown that he'll run.
0: Absolutely. And family members apparently have been dropping like flies. So, <laughs> it, you know, it's bad.
1: All right. That's all we have for today on Chad and Lori Daybell. When we come back next week, we will have, we'll pick up with arraignments and uh, Chad and Lori entering their pleas. And then. Oh, you can find us on Facebook. We have a page called Room for Innocence. And our email is roomforinnocence at gmail.com with the number four in place of the word four. Um, So uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with part two of the Daybell Where Are the Children case. And we'll pick up with their arraignments and pleas and trials and, and whatnot. A lot of the court stuff, it gets really, really good. Uh, and just before we go, um, please subscribe to us wherever yeah. you are listening to this podcast. Yep. Please subscribe. If you are so inclined, we would love for you to leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. And we also have a Patreon at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot slash room for innocence with the number four. It's only two dollars a month. It helps us fund uh, the crazy costs associated with all of this. <laughs> Yep. All of this stuff. So thanks, thanks everyone for your support, and we will see you back next week. Until
0: then, I'm Tom,
1: and I'm Chris, and,
0: and the, the defense, defense rests.
1: rests. Oh.